Welcome to Connecting Greeks, a streaming comedy show and podcast designed to explore and enhance Greek culture around the world. Join hosts Angelo, Adi, and Foti as they bring you fun and interesting guests from all walks of Greek life. Grab a cafedaki and join us. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us once again. I'm Ari Kalos. I am coming to you live from Washington, D.C. I have my co-host, Foti Stamos, up in Boston. And today we have a very, very special episode, something near and dear to our hearts, something that we truly believe in. I am going to turn it over to Foti so he can give you an introduction to these wonderful people that we have as guests today. Hello, Foti. How are you? Yasuari, I'm doing very well. And here I am uh, live from Boston. The motherland for me, but I'm down in D.C. I'm down in the craziness right now. And the beauty beauty of what's going on, Ari, is the fact that you're in Washington. I'm in Boston. We're constantly bringing on guests who are all over the world. And uh, we've interviewed and brought so many different uh, individuals who represent great organizations onto our platforms. Absolutely. They're doing great things. They're all fantastic. But this episode's guests um, are in my opinion, uh, very well connected to our personal interests. This is a fantastic organization, fantastic individuals who are doing um, good in the sense that uh, they're being very responsible their tactics, their approaches, but we're going to let them tell us what's going on. So let's introduce to the segment, Leah Papazuk and Erika Spagaku, the co-founders of Ikoyenia. Leah, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little bit about Ikoyenia. You could bring Erica in, uh, or we could move to her next, but just uh, however you want to do it. But we would love to learn a little bit more about what you guys, who you are and what you stand for. Yes. Well, hello. Thank you for having us on. I'm very excited. Um, I am the Greek American out of the two of us. You'll hear from Erica in a second, but I, I have the American accent. So <laughs> I <laughs> I grew up, I, I feel like I always have to make, it, make an excuse to myself, like apologies, apologies. Um, so I, I'm from New York slash California. I like to think of myself as a New Yorker who made their way to California, but I always stuck true to my East coast roots, which was important. We're we're East coast guys. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There's something about, you know, I didn't want California to make me too soft. So I was always like holding on to some of the, (laughs) you could always say you're bi-coastal, which sounds very uh important and big exactly 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 so so but i like to i like to own both places because they were very formative for me so new york and california but you know i grew up i grew up really in the tri-state region and migrated to california for my career um but growing up kind of similar to both of your stories greek american family going back and forth to greece greece every other summer spending a lot of time with yayam papu and and feeling very connected to my Greek heritage and, and the Greek culture in many ways coming to Greece. And Eric and I have talked a lot about this because <clears throat> the Greek American experience is so different, yes. which seems obvious, uh, but also it's, it's really interesting culturally. And Erica, I'm sure can touch on this too, but, you know, coming to Greece and feeling like it's home in a way that home wasn't is, is kind of an interesting thing as a young person to be grappling with as part of your identity and your psyche. You're like, why do I feel so much more at home here <laughs> in a way that I can't even really explain that, that I feel when I'm really at my home, if you know, if you know what I mean. So, so growing up, you know, really spending a lot of time here in Greece and also having Greek family coming to visit us in the States. So we were very lucky to get a lot of quality time in both places. 
And when I graduated from university, which was in 2009, at the height of the economic crisis in the States, it was very much, very much at a time when, you know, as a, as a recent graduate, people were saying, wow, I really, I don't envy you for graduating right now. There's, there's no jobs, <laughs> so that was, you know, a really difficult time to be thinking about a, a developing your career, right? So I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And somehow, actually, this is this is kind of a small anecdote for people that are from New York that might be listening. I went to college on Staten Island. I went to Wagner College. Shout out to any <laughs> Wagner College listeners. Uh, very small liberal arts school on Staten Island. So I was taking the Staten Island Ferry, actually, to downtown New York. And they were advertising for this new AmeriCorps program. And I was about to approach graduation, had no idea what I was going to do. And so I felt compelled to check out this AmeriCorps program. And it completely changed my life. So I was I was accepted into the inaugural class of the New York City Civic Corps, which is a branch of AmeriCorps. And there were 200 of us in that first class. And we got placed at different nonprofits and community organizations in New York City. And we worked on real tangible community-based you know, projects and solutions. And it just completely changed my life. It gave me my first job at a time when there were very few prospects. It gave me professional development. Honestly, I got to know New York City in a completely different way through a community development lens. And it it took me down this nonprofit social impact trajectory. Meanwhile, you know, I'm seeing the parallel experience of my friends and family and colleagues in Greece who a year or two after 2009, as, as you all know, and everyone listening or watching very well knows, you know, faced very similar, if not worse, financial circumstances, right? And young people were not necessarily given the same amount of opportunity as me with my kind of Greek-American privilege, right? All the programs that I could, could have applied for, I chose AmeriCorps, and it really caught me as a safety net and provided me that, that opportunity. So that parallel experience is something I always noted and, and just thought, how, what could it be like to bring a program like AmeriCorps, a program that's focused on civic service into the Greek context? So it's been about 10 years of eating away at me <laughs> in my head. What could this program look like? What could it be like? Who would be involved? Could I actually get something like this started? Um, and so that's that's just a little bit more about me and my motivation for for starting Ecoyenya. And I actually think it might be fun to to kick it over to Erica because we come in at different points of of these stories. Um, and yeah, so Erica, I don't want to take the floor this whole time, but I think maybe you telling a, a bit about about your kind of parallel experience and then how we collided in this whole. Before we, before we turn off to Erica, uh, Leah is Athens. I am in Athens. I have. I have relocated. I've done the crazy thing where my husband and I sold everything in California. Uh, we, our dog is staying with my mom. Thank you, mom. And (laughs) (laughs) we're trying to figure out exactly how to build our life here. You know, luckily we're staying with family in this lovely apartment. Uh, but yes, we, we are, we have officially relocated. Uh, so we're in Athens. I'm coming. Can I ask ask you a a quick personal question? Do you see yourself staying in Greece at least for like the near future? Yes. Uh, good question. You know, we came here very open-minded thinking we were going to be here for at least at least a year or two kind of exploring uh 
the opportunities. And obviously I have Ikoyenya, but my husband is not Greek. I know it's scandalous. Uh, he's very Californian. <laughs> exactly. His name is Derek, uh, but he likes to go by Dereki. Yeah, yeah, I named him that. He really likes this nickname. Um, you know, he's, he has an engineering background and he had a very kind of uh, predictable tech job, if you will, in the Bay Area. And coming here, you know, he was eager to leave his work in California and, and kind of see what opportunities would unfold here. And we've been shocked, honestly, really, truly shocked that just in a span of about three weeks, he's he's found some incredible, incredible Greeks doing a whole spectrum of that. I have I have a long list of other people for you to interview here uh, <laughs> doing just incredible work that it, it's so inspiring to see. And Erica and I do talk about this all the time about the ethos here, right? Mm-hmm. There's like a, a big desire to kind of be innovative and be entrepreneurial. And, and kind of, I feel like our generation especially is, is very eager to be moving things forward and kind of retooling and rethinking things. I'll let Erica speak to that too, but we're, we are definitely seeing that uh, and feeling that. So, you know, my husband who thought maybe he'd be coming on a little bit more like along for the ride, it turns out he actually has a lot of opportunity here as well. So that's great. So the answer is yes, we are definitely thinking about staying uh, long term. Good, good, good. All right. So Erica, tell us a little bit about you and your path towards Ikoyenya as well. Yeah. So um, I I feel like listening to Leah say the story and I feel like I'm the young to Leah's yin because we have very complementary experiences. Uh, But also I feel like I'll come back to the issue of identity that Leah mentioned, you know, coming to Greece. I felt like I've Benjamin buttoned those (laughs) questions in life, right? In a sense. So my story is much more boring in my, in the initial, in the first years of my life, born and raised in a traditional Greek family. Uh, Both parents are Greek. I grew up, graduated high school and went on to study political science. Um, And I had the option of studying abroad. Um, I wanted to study the law, uh, but I was kind of afraid to leave Greece at that point yet. So I stayed, I stayed on it and studied in Athens. Um, And I was very, I had a very interesting um, student experience and I was exposed to, to a lot of different academic stimuli, let's say so. Uh, so by my very wise professor at the time, I was told that you need to pursue a career in sustainable development. Mm. Um, many, many years later today, we're working with her, Friko Yenya. So um, it's been an interesting, uh, an interesting circle, coming full circle. Uh, but yeah, at her advice, I left. I went to, to London where I did a master's on environment and sustainable development. And that's where I met one of my very good friends who 10 years later introduced me to Leah. She was, she was doing AmeriCorps with, with Leah, um, also US, uh, of US origin. Uh, so they were, they met there. Um, so later on in life, she, she was the one to connect us. So back to me though, I kind of like finished with my master's and at the time, it was at the peak of the crisis. And I, I, I went abroad just to do my studies and come back to Greece. I was really con- convinced that I was going to be in politics in Greece. So I, yeah, that wasn't happening anytime soon, right? So it was the peak of the crisis. Everywhere you were, as a Greek, you were in Europe at the time, you were really finger pointed. Uh, it wasn't a pleasant experience. And it definitely 
uh, I think put a few of us I don't want to sound dramatic because at the end of the day, all of this was amazing opportunity that presented. Uh, and I, will, I consider myself very lucky. But at the same time, you kind of felt like you're on, an one, on a dead end, right? You cannot go back to the country right now because you're one of the few lucky ones that are abroad and you want to try and create the right circumstances for yourself there. Uh, so through Brussels, I ended up in Abu Dhabi. Uh, where I've been living and working for the past 10 years now. Oh, wow. So two years ago, I received a message from my friend Rosina uh, who said, you know, I'm just talking to a friend of mine. She's a Greek-American woman who's trying to do something for sustainable development in Greece. And I think it'd be great if you two got together um, and discussed how you can um, cooperate if interesting or to just you know give her your insight as a, as a Greek woman in sustainability um, and that's where Leah and I started talking I think it took um, three emails and one phone call uh, to to be convinced that this is a life partnership um, I don't want to be dramatic but we're all Greek here yes. so can <laughs> um, and yeah I think yeah a year and a half Later, we've achieved so much that it feels like, you know, we've been working together for all our lives. Um, so, yeah, that's how I come into Goyenia. And it, it's, it's actually, Leah will tell you that it was as if we were uh, those couple first months where, you know, you have a great date with someone <laughs> and then you're trying you're trying to scope out the relationship, right? And see, okay, where does it go from here? So we were both, I think... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we were both mesmerized on, the, on that first date. Um, and we made it work despite, against all odds, through COVID, mm-hmm. uh, not having met each other in person for, for a year and a half. Wow. Working actually through time zones, through, against all odds, just that. And with Leah's so, leadership. So, Erica, you, you, could, you could kind of see your future a little bit with me and Foti, who have been partners for 20 years. But we might be ready for a divorce. I'm not sure yet. So we're going to leave that open. <laughs> I, think, I think meeting you guys, I can, I can, t- I can, I think I have a bit of that. Right so that, 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 that's, a, that's a great story. And it's a great foundation, it sounds, uh, for, for a partnership. Um, and for you guys to do something great together. And, uh, you know, I believe Ikoyenya is, is kind of that child of this, uh, great meeting between you guys where you realize you, you have something in a partnership and, and you wanted to do something with that. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Is that kind of, is, is the first thing you guys uh, came together for was Ikoganyo or did you guys try to think of different things? How, how exactly did that come about? Leah, can I, just because I want to, mm-hmm. you know, give um, due credit here. So Ikoganyo was Leah's baby. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, brain baby, right? Is yeah. that... Brainchild. Brainchild. Brain <laughs> yes, of course. Non-American here. Um, <laughs> so, do you know Leah's brainchild? Uh, I think the passion and the leadership behind taking it from just an idea to actually putting so many hours to reaching out to people, myself included, and building a robust network that created in Greece from California, that created so much opportunity. All of that is Leah. And I want to publicly recognize it because I can't do that enough. Mm-hmm. My enthusiasm after hearing the idea and my saying, 
I know you're looking and kind of like scoping out who can be your co-founder, but look no further. I'm the person. I want to be, I want to <laughs> be the one doing this for you. And the kind of plugging into my story as well, because Leah explained how she came into civic engagement or civic service. I never understood that kind of concept, right? In my, in my line of work and in my personal experience, what I knew was that I was very passionate. I had been involved in nonprofit um, endeavors and attempts earlier on. But what I, what I knew at the time I met Tia was that I wanted to do something for Greece. We were at a very critical junction of unemployment, brain drain, uh, climate change, sustainable development, global mandates. And all of that was one way or the other connected to me as a person and my professional experience. So I wanted to not just give something back to my country, but give it in the best way possible that utilizes everything I learned while I was abroad and nostalgic about not being in my, about my country. You know what I mean? So take all that experience of, I found myself abroad. It wasn't my plan. I became an expat. I kind of had the same issues now that Leah was facing growing up, right? That kind of identity. Am I a Greek anymore? I haven't lived in the country for 12 years. In 12 years, I don't, you know, I, I think in English better than I do in Greek sometimes because I work in it. Erica, I, do you have do you have one ounce of Greek blood inside you? Then you're Greek and you'll always be. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. But it's 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 nature and nurture, right? So I was I was dealing with those identity issues, if you'd like, and then boom, this partnership came to exist and it it ticked, I think, both our boxes in a sense and has grown into something very beautiful with our team. But yeah. Sorry, Leah, over to you. Again, I'm Greek. I love talking. So <laughs> <laughs> We all love talking. I mean, one thing I'll just add, and thank you, Erica. This is going to get emotional on this, I think. Uh, but, you know, and honestly, we, we rarely get a chance to take a step back and just reflect on our story. So it actually is quite nice. Thank you. For well, this is exactly what we, we, we want to learn all about Ikogania, but it's, it's really the people behind it that we... We love hearing about, we love learning about, and that's what our audience kind of tunes mm. in to do. So yeah, yeah. please. It, it, it's nice because, you know, and anybody who's kind of started a project or started a business or a nonprofit, you get so, so, so thrown into the day-to-day -day grind of like making it work, which which takes years and years of, to really get it off the ground, right? Mm. And taking a step back and recognizing what you have accomplished, it just feels really nice. So I wanted to just acknowledge that space. And it's nice to reflect on, on the past year and a half slash two years now that we've been working together. But um, just to go back to our origin story, one thing that was important to me when I was, you know, I told you for 10 years or so, I was thinking, ah, oh, how can I bring something like AmeriCorps, something with this spirit of civic service to Greece? And then I also ended up getting a master's in sustainable development. And it became even more clear to me that If any program were to exist, it really has to make sure it has that bottom line or everything through that lens because it's just it's just an imperative now. Um, so I'm I'm continuously thinking, how the heck can I do this? My Greek isn't that strong. And I'm aware that I am the Greek American in the room, right? And I if if something is going to be done in Greece, I want it to feel authentically Greek, right? And so it was important to me to find a co-founder or a really strong team member that that is from Greece and understands that context, embodies 
embodies all the pieces that Erica explained that she perfectly embodies. <laughs> and somehow, like serendipitously, we were able to find each other through that mutual friend. And um, it was just a really great fit from the start. And one thing that that is funny about that intro, when I was talking with my friend Rosina, with our friend, she I was telling her about my wild idea. I didn't even have a name for it yet. Uh, she just said, you know, I don't know if this is weird, but I know one other Greek person. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I can connect you to her. She's in sustainability. It may, maybe it'll be great, or maybe maybe it won't. But that's I can offer you one person, and it it turned out that was the perfect person to connect me to. So thank you, Rosina. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was yeah, it was. We like to joke that it was love at first sight. But um, Erica and I really we were we meshed well together quite quickly. And like she said, it was all virtual. We met for the first time in August, just two months ago in Crete, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, that's 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 incredible that that it's so cool. Like, I love hearing these types of stories. I love and looking into the future when you guys are this this incredibly massive, successful uh, uh, organization, you know, knowing where this just started and how it started. Is, I love these origin stories. And, and it's so cool. Um, so, OK, so so we got a little bit of background. Um, we kind of know who you guys are, where what you're about, where you come from. Um, so now let's uh, let's kind of transition to Ikoyanya. Give us give us give us what it is, how it started, how, how you guys. I mean, we, we got we got a little bit of a, a, a kind of a, a preview of how it started. And mm-hmm. but but let's get into a little more detail so we could kind of get a full feel for Ikoyanya. Yes, Erica, I think what could be fun to start off with is to explain and paint a picture of the name, especially if someone's listening to the podcast, they might not realize the play on words. So I don't know if you want to take have the pleasure. <laughs> yes. Um, another thing that made me fall in love with Ikoyanya immediately was how genius the name was as well, mm-hmm. encapsulating everything we're trying to do. So Echo is is the Greek prefix of words like economy, ecology. Um, it comes from the word ikos, right, which is home, house. Um, and so Koyenia is embodying a generation. So it's um, a synthesis of that prefix, echo, and the word for generation, the Greek word for generation, yenya. So it's a generation that has that um ecology let's say understanding or perspective about how everything comes together across all spheres of life right so a sustainability let's say oriented generation um and it also the genius comes from the fact that also ecogenia is the greek word for family mm-hmm. and how else can we best take care of our planet unless we look at it and, and our societies because it's not just about environment it's about ecology. It's about economy. And from, uh, from a Greek American perspective, when I first heard your name, oh, actually the first time I saw it in an email, and my first impression from the ECO was, oh, they they they're doing something sustainable or environmental or something, and it immediately captured my attention. And then as a Greek, I read Ikogenia, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. It's like eco meant this to me, and then family and it, it kind of it, like you're a hundred percent right when you say genius of the name and what it embodies because it really is it's so cool yeah and we found that as you as, as you said exactly because at the end of the day you know 
Elia comes from the Greek American um, diaspora. So we wanted to resonate with both audiences. I think it also, for me, it also acknowledges that um, Greek American heritage in bringing uh, the civic service concept to Greece, which exists, but is definitely not cultivated to, to its potential, right? So I think it's very good to hear that it resonates with you both as a Greek American, but also when you think of it as a, in its Greek context of Ikoyenia and what that family um, connotation that it has, uh, because I think it, it captures all our world together, right? So, um, yeah. I, I think I'm just, Leah. I'm just, I'm, I'm mad that I didn't think of this name myself. So. <laughs> We've heard this before, yeah. actually. Uh, yeah, now, now I'm upset. <laughs> I just told someone today, I'm like, you can have it for a million euros. It'll fund yeah. our program for quite a while. Yeah, yeah you, you, you can get something else off the ground. <laughs> no, but I, I do think in, in true Greek fashion, it's like a word when you see it written and it, it, it makes you feel feel something. It makes you think something. It, it's just a multi-meaning word and a multifaceted word, like so many Greek words, right? But it's it's one. Yeah, we were really excited about the play on words and and what it invoked for us. And what's really exciting about it, and then I promise I'm actually going to tell you more about what we what we want to do. Uh, we were doing some focus groups with young people before before we really started digging into our program development, we wanted to make sure that we were creating a program that young people actually would want to participate in and would want to sign up for and what their concerns would be and what they'd be excited about. So we were able to do quite a few focus groups uh, over the span of a year, actually. But in the early focus groups, way, way early, I'm talking before I met Erica, we were workshopping names because I knew how important it was, you know, before we had a name, I was going around talking to, like Erica said, you know, any Greek that would listen to me basically virtually during COVID, um, you know, I have this idea and I'm trying to explain it. And I knew having a name would give it so much more weight and, and it would just be, I would be able to, to put a name to it. Right. And, and talk about it differently. So it was important to me to find, a meaningful name and, and, and have one that young people helped me identify. And of course that was Greek. Um, Cause some people were like, just call it Greek core or Hellenic core. And I'm like, Oh, listen, uh, marketing, marketing plays such an important role in trying to get things off the ground and trying to get people excited about it. Yeah. So you guys got that down pat with the name and you know, it, it, that, that is your first sign of success right there that you, you could capture such a cool name, cool play on words the marketing rights itself, it, it, it like it's it's perfect. I'm I'm glad to hear you say that, and I think the young people that helped us come up with it would be they'll be thrilled too. <laughs> so okay, so going back to what it is we're trying to do, and Erica, feel free to just chime in. Um, but we want to activate young people in Greece, so young Greeks in paid civic service for climate action. Uh, so what does that mean? What does that mean exactly? Like AmeriCorps in the States, you know, AmeriCorps is a paid civic service term. So when you sign up, you get placed at a community organization and you get paid a small living stipend and you work on a meaningful community-based project. So when I was in New York, I was I worked at New York Cares. I worked at a big nonprofit in the city, helping uh, increase their capacity to mobilize volunteers all across the five boroughs. And then I'm a crazy person. So I did AmeriCorps a second time. Most people only do it once. <laughs> I did it a second time in California. 
and I worked at a solar nonprofit. So there were very different experiences um, and at different points in my professional development as well. And I think that's important to point out because, you know, in the Greek context, we could have, you know, someone right out of right out of high school or maybe right out of university who doesn't have a lot of experience or someone even with a few years of experience who's still trying to figure out where they want to have an impact in their career, right? So there's opportunity there. We're we're talking 18 to 28-year-old Greeks is our target focus uh, age group for now. Perhaps over time we'll expand, but we're trying to start small in in the beginning so that we we can really get it right and and grow from there. Um, Yeah, so, so it's a paid civic service term. A young Greek person could sign up and they would get placed at a community-based project working on a sustainable development project. So helping on really localized sustainability uh, projects here in Greece, but also ultimately rolling up to bigger national goals as well. So starting local, but obviously, you know, the implications like Erica mentioned earlier for Greece to be making progress. uh, I mean, every, it's not just Greece, everybody, everybody has to be (laughs) making progress towards sustainable development in the, in the EU. They, they have, stronger mandates than in the US. That's kind of why I specifically uh, mentioned mentioned that for Greece. But yeah, Erica, I don't know. Do you want to add anything just for the high level, high level vision? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, th- I think that's what we're practically doing as Leah very uh, eloquently explained. But I think there's a few things to read between the lines here, um, which I think are very important to me in bringing that full Greek understanding into applying civic service in Greece, I think. Um, People are coming out of a very long and very um, a crisis that took a toll on everyone. Uh, across social classes and uh, and backgrounds, right, and, and fields. I think for me, what's very important is that we're, in a sense, injecting um, uh, job opportunities for, uh, for Greek youth in the market, let alone in a market that is in great demand in Greece, the third sector, right, the non-profit. So, in the U.S., and that's what's interesting in, in understanding Leah's experience with all of this, because in the U.S., nonprofits are, correct me if I'm wrong, but considered important agents of um, social integration. They provide um, a lot of great service to different communities, and they're highly regarded. In Greece, that's not the case, as you might well know. Um, nonprofits have before been disregarded as places, you know, perform acts of money laundering. Um, I don't want to paint a negative picture, but it's, it's what we've been hearing a lot from our interaction with the sector. So it's not just the creation of job opportunities. It's the cultural shift to all of us understanding that being engaged in your community is the only way to not feel like a victim in what goes on around you. Uh, so for me, if you ask me what we do, I think that's the, the noble cause that Kuyen is trying to achieve. And that's obviously not something we're going to see in 10 years. Maybe it'd be visible in 15 or 20, uh, but we're here for the long game, right? So I think that cultural shift of, okay, um, I have climate anxiety or I have anxiety because I cannot find a job that is fulfilling for me. What can I do about it? I can plant trees while making a living. It's not necessarily going to be immediately a highly paying career, but it's going to be an entry point. 
and I'm going to graduate from this experience with such a better understanding of how I can be an active citizen, what are the, the actors involved in this process, uh, why does Greece suffer from fires, to pick an example, every summer, and how can I help with that? Um, and I think that just connecting the dots that Ecoyeni aspires to do for young Greeks is for me fascinating. And if we achieve a third of our of our planning here, I will be, you know, I, I will be, um, I, I will feel like we're at the right side of here. I, I let me let me ask you. Terribly, terribly old, and I myself have extreme climate anxiety, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm an old guy, so I can't even imagine. What's going through the minds of these young kids? So, I mean, mm-hmm. in Greece, I, I, I can see the, I could see kind of what's going on around here. But in Greece, um, is it, is it, is it how I'm, I'm thinking? Uh, is the youth uh, worried and stressing about this? Um, and are they? Do you find that you, you have a little bit of like a boost where? Um, these kids want to get involved because of this anxiety. I mean, I think that's a that's a definite plus for for what you guys are doing, and hopefully, it's one one thing that makes it a little easier for you to to achieve your goals. Because, I mean, again, the, the youth they, they I can't even imagine being like in my teens right now. It, it's just mm-hmm. such a scary thought to me. And and the fact that you guys are, are mobilizing the youth to to serve and to learn. I'm sure they're going to come out of this knowing so much more than they did before. And hopefully it'll be in a, in a positive way where they can make change. Your organization will make change. These kids can make change. Maybe you guys have four or five people right now that are going to go off and create their own organizations in the future to spur more change. So this is, this is such an amazing thing that you guys are doing and kudos to you for, for getting this off the ground in Greece. I mean, if you asked me, I'd be like, uh, that, that's just too much work for me. I, I can't handle that. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's, it's amazing and it's incredible. And so, so that, that whole vibe for the youth, that, that's going on in Greece as well, right? I'm not yes. totally off base. Yes, and er- Erica can please chime in here too. But I mentioned the focus groups we were doing with young people before we, before we really, really dug into how we want to structure our program um, to make sure that we were meeting their needs. Uh, and something that I found really fascinating in our data, because we did a survey before the focus groups, and then we had actual interviews with people. And then there was a post, you know, focus group survey. So we have a lot of really interesting data. And young people are very stressed about, you know, the climate in Greece. One specific data point that I remember was that most of them ranked very high in terms of, yes, this is something I worry about on almost a daily basis. But they did not think, and this is common globally, they did not think their friends or peers were worried about it. And so they also were scared to talk about it. Oh, gosh. Oftentimes, I, I find, and Erica, please let me know what you think, even just having studied sustainable development as well, people are so feel so handicapped by the problem because it's massive and it's scary. They don't want to be the one to bring down the conversation with friends or family or to be shaming people or to be shaming themselves. That's an incredibly important thing you just said, because I find myself within my social network being like the Debbie Downer, like, Oh God, Mm -hmm. here comes Ari talking about uh, how the future is going to be horrible. And this, that. so I'm like, I'm not going to talk about it. 
But no, we need to talk about it. Kids need to talk about it. If they don't talk about it, it's going to be all that much harder to change. It needs to become common that this is the topic, that it's not um, you bringing everybody down. It's you lifting everybody because this is a necessity for our world. Yes, I, I love that you took that spin because we we think so too. And another data point that came out of that was young people saying that they wish they had a clear pathway to be a part of the solution for Greece, right? So basically the question of, would you sign up for a program that gave you an opportunity to contribute to, you know, a solutions-oriented, climate-oriented program? And the answer was like a resounding yes, right? Obviously there are concerns within there. What does this mean for my professional development? Who the heck are you guys again? Because you're not even a real nonprofit yet. Uh, but, you know, they they were ultimately having the same, I think everybody who's in this boat, probably I would say as young as 10 or 12 years old, up to 35, 40, it's almost all we can think about. <laughs> it's all yeah. how we can plug into that and how it how every job can become a climate job, whether whether or not you are a sustainable development practitioner or not, but how can you know you guys in wine or you guys on your platform elevate the conversation around sustainability, right? There, there's, a, there's a role for all of us to play and we want to help young Greeks identify their role so that Greece as a country can also get elevated um, in its pursuit of sustainable development. I mean, the way I see it, there is nothing that is not affected by this. So I don't care who you are and what you're doing. This is going to affect you. This is going to affect your work. This is going to affect your family. This is going to affect your vacation. This is going to affect your TV watching. This is going to affect every aspect of everything we do. So how can this... Go ahead, Fatih. Yeah, you just add, even affect your health. Oh, my God. It, it's incredible. And now we're seeing physical things right in front of our face, like saying, we've been talking about this for 20 whatever years, and now it's hitting us right in the face. It's like I'm watching Greece wildfires. I'm watching things I've never seen before. I'm watching hottest years on record. I'm watching, um, you know, you you mentioned us in the wine business. Uh, how is this going to affect the grapes? Like there's so much that, that goes mm-hmm. into this and there's absolutely nothing more important. And there's nothing more important for the younger generations because, okay, like I said, I'm an old dude that, you know, I'm not worried about like, uh, you know, how long I'm going to be here. Cause it's not going to be as long as a 10 year old. It's not going to be as long as my son. What is my son going to see? That I'm gonna, I'm not gonna see. What what horror is it that he's gonna witness? And I don't want him to do that, you know. And this is this. It's such an important thing. And I think where we said the kids not wanting to talk about it, they have to be mentally stronger than we ever were. They have to be. I mean, look at Greta Thunberg for example. The the things she's done, but the harassment. From president of the United States to, to global leaders harassing a teenager because she cares about her future. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my entire life. And that needs to change. These kids need to be strong. These kids need to understand that they are doing the right thing. I don't care if the president of, of whoever is, is trashing them on Twitter. Like, stick to your guns. This is your life. This is your future. And what you guys are, are, are taking these kids and teaching them is so important for that future. And again, I, I'm going to say this over and over again. You might get sick of it, but I commend you on what you guys set out to do. 
And I, I, I hope so much that it, it's something that grows and grows and grows because it, it's the most important thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ari, if, if I may add, um, I think it's, it's not just the kids that are climate anxious, right? I remember, um, I think Leah and me are all smiling now, but in the summer, Leah and me were um, having sleepless nights of figuring out how we're going to help because I was not in Greece yet. Leah was just moving to Greece. We were both taken aback by the wildfires, as was everyone uh, around the world. And not just in Greece, everywhere, yeah? Um, the whole of the Mediterranean was, was on flames this summer. Um, and I think I was always like a bit um, climate anxiety. Would it, even me, what is this? It's a bit of a strong term to use. And I experienced it this summer, especially not being in my country to be able to physically go and support um so you 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 resort to other ways of of helping um what i'm trying to say is that we saw an amazing response from greek society this summer uh and from the global society to quote the great bob dylan the times are changing uh the generation z uh you're you're not as old as you say you are probably because you don't look it um i feel very old myself sometimes but i think the generation after both of us um (laughs) they don't they're taken to the streets which is great and people have done that traditionally but they're going beyond that to actually come together in this. They're exerting. I work in the intergovernmental space. They've gotten the UN to recognize the youth as a constituency, right? So it's it's officially recognized as a constituency. And I think for me, that is a sign of the times. And it's great because, yeah, I sound like Debbie Downer most of the time myself when I talk about this issue to some family members too. Um, but then I think it's it's taking it beyond that. Um, again, as Greeks, I, I, I love making stereotypes, right? Quoting stereotypes. As, Greek, we, as Greeks, we love sometimes focusing on the negative. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Leah and me are seeing now in when we're talking to the Greek youth. They're gone beyond that. And this is how this next generation is surpassing us. They're gone beyond that to say, great, but what can we do about it? And we can do everything. There's no limitations. We're forming, um, uh, you know, small communities. We're taking action. Uh, We want to be plugging in to the solutions for our future. And I think this is a sign of youth globally, but Greece is small. And it's very hopeful to see that the change is already caught up or people have caught up with that um, wave. Yeah. And I do believe Greece is, is a place where when they're confronted with something, I think we, we talked about this before, if I'm not mistaken, um, in previous uh, phone calls. But Greece, when confronted with a challenge, they, they come together. They may not always be together. They may always like. Uh, you know, this and that against each other. But when there's a challenge, I truly believe Greece does come together. Take COVID, for example. In the beginning of COVID, Greece, your neighbor, Italy, was was practically destroyed of COVID. And Greece had barely anything going on at the same time because they they came together. They understood there was a threat. And the, uh, Greeks, Greeks are strong in that sense. And I hope that this is something that that is the same trigger. They, they come together, especially the youth. You know, if, if one youth plants a tree or if one youth 
joins a global corporation where he can make some sort of change. Like these are things across the board that need to be done. And, and, you know, hopefully you guys are, are, are people who can help that happen. And it, it seems like you are. Mm. And, you know, I, I don't know if you did it on purpose, but it's the perfect segue to talk about mm. our campaign, actually, because you really touched on yes. Greeks as being this resilient country and being able to come together, right, in solidarity, working together when there is a common goal. Yeah. And, you know, or threat, you gave the co- or, threat <laughs> or threat. Thank you. Uh, and you know, growing up, and this is actually another interesting Greek-American versus uh, Greek cultural dynamic, but growing up in, in the States, you know, Ohi Day, which is coming up, you know, it's October 12th now as when we're doing this interview, but um, in a few weeks, it'll be Ohi Day. And it's something that was always celebrated in, in my family as a day where, you know, Greek, the Greeks came together, you know, to to stand together against this threat right? Of the Axis powers at the time. Um, Different Italian uh, reference here. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, Erica and I were talking quite a bit about how powerful and compelling it could be to change that narrative for this new generation, right? Erica, I feel like I feel like you will do a better justice than I will, actually. So maybe I'll just kick it over to you after I framed it up for you. Um, no, um, thank you. I think exactly. I think, you know, we, we're going through a very interesting uh, time of, uh, of anniversaries for Greece, right? So it was the 200 years um, coming up uh, f- from the uh, from the revolution of uh, 1821. It's coming up the um, the uh, the occasion of the of the Smyrna. Uh, I, I don't know how to say this in in American Greek American context, but basically uh, when the Greeks were um, sent out is the word from Smyrna. Yeah. Uh, to to, <laughs> to put it um, so so it's a very interesting uh, time of, of of Greeks coming together and looking at those historic milestones and and so we were thinking you know what does uh, because as a Koyenia we were we were very active around 25th of March last year mm-hmm. and now in October you know with with Ohi Day coming up. Um, Eli and I were thinking that, and our team uh, members, like how great would it be to remind Greeks of of that resilience, as Leah put it, of coming together um, against a common threat and saying that, you know what? No, this is not something we're going to put up with. And how amazing would it be if in the spirit of not focusing on the negative, uh, you know, we can say no to climate change, no to brain drain, no to unemployment. But even better, we can turn that narrative around. We can reverse the narrative and we can say yes to climate action, yes to talent retention and development, uh, yes to Greece rising up to the potential it has, um, yes to giving opportunity to Greek youth so and, and to sustainable through sustainable development. So um, that's how the concept of our Yes Week campaign came up. So in Azikoyenia, as a Greek nonprofit, in celebrating that resistance spirit of, of, of Greeks uh, during World War II, uh, we wanted to, to put out um, that positive narrative in a year where, it's, where climate action is basically headlines every day, right? 
Mm -hmm. I mean, we're coming out of a, of a COVID uh, pandemic. Um, we're in the lead up to, to COP26, where countries are going to come together to discuss how they're going to reach net zero emissions by 2050 and what are the targets that they're pledging. So we thought of Ecogenia, as Ecogenia, we would also put forward what we're pledging to achieve for Greek society um, on this occasion. That, thank you for that, giving us the platform to uh, to talk about it um, because we're uh, yeah we're very excited it's about that fun, it, that, that's, it's such a great idea I love that I love the yes 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 to, to the change that we need it, it it's perfect yeah and, and Leah if you allow me I want to take a second to recognize that we have a great team uh, working with us Uh Again, you know, Lee and me have a lot of experience in the field, I think, through our 10 plus uh, years of, of, of working in sustainable development climate action. But we have an amazing team. Uh, some of our team members, you know, Steph, we can talk about we were hoping they would be here, uh, but it wasn't possible because they're um, taking Ecogenia to Europe. They're, they're in a conference in, uh, in France at the moment. So it was actually our team member, Melina, uh, that kind of planted the seed. Uh, and then we started together as a team with the rest of the team talking about it and starting to frame that positive um, uh, narrative. So just wanted to take a second to recognize that, uh, that we have yeah. amazing inspiration from the people we work with. And, and I think it's worth, you know, we can say them by name because, and, and what's interesting and probably not by chance, you know, because like-minded people find each other. Everybody seems to have a little bit of an American connection somehow. So Melina uh, is one of our team members. She is Greek American. Uh, she speaks perfect Greek and perfect French, but she, like Erica just mentioned, she's been helping us think about this Yes Week narrative. Stefanos is from Kriti, but he studied at UConn. So he has a very Maybe another time it's it's just worth talking to him because he has a fascinating Greek and Greek American perspective. He loves studying here and you know, studying all the idiosyncrasies, if you will, with Greek Americans and also seeing the Greeks in a new light. So he's kind of just has has his own case studies for the Greeks and the Greek Americans. Uh and Damien, who Damien and Celia are two of our student team members. Uh Damien is a student here in Greece. And uh, he's a close family friend of mine. And he's he helped me organize the focus groups back before we had a name. He's really been with me since the beginning. And he has an American girlfriend. Uh, so that's his connection to the States. And uh, Celia is Erica's sister. And correct me if I'm wrong, Erica, she studied at the American school in Abu Dhabi. So everybody has a little yeah. American flavor. You see, that, that's good. I was going to say she has a Yankees hat cap that she wore. <laughs> but you found the most... <laughs> You can't mention the Yankees to the Boston people. Oh, no. <laughs> See, that was my shortcoming there. Uh, but yeah, so our, we have an amazing team. And we also have an amazing set of advisors. We won't name them all, but it's been very inspiring for Erica. And I just see the incredible energy that is starting to manifest here, right? Around sustainability, there are people that have been building it for years, as Erica and I came in and tra are trying to build Ecoyenia. So the groundwork is being laid by just some incredible, incredible people here. And, and we're lucky to have quite a few of them as part of our advisory network. So shout out to our advisors as well. Amazing. Amazing. Um, so, okay. So, so we have, we have a little bit of your history. We have a little bit of what's going on now. Um, let's, let's do a, a, a small transition. And again, I'm going to say it for the 50th time. Kudos, kudos. I commend everything you guys are doing. Personally, 
and I know I speak for Foti, and you could correct me, Foti, if I'm wrong, but um, it, what you guys are doing is amazing, and, and I love it on a personal level, and I think it's one of the most important things we could be doing as a society, and, and so again, I commend you. So now let's do a quick little transition into um, where do you see uh, Ikoyanya going? What would you love to, to, to do with Ikoyanya? Where do you want it to go? And, and if you guys have anything in the pipeline, uh, any, mm-hmm. uh, we, we talked a little bit about yes week. And again, that, I think that's a great idea. It, it sounds just positive and, and, and forward and, and get people to think, you know, in this new way. And again, you, ha- you have a tall, tall order there because, you know, none of this is easy. And I, you guys know that and you have your work cut out for you. Um, but, but tell us a little bit more about what you want for the future. Erica, I'm happy to start. Uh, feel free to chime in. So our, our Yes Week campaign is, is really, it's a fundraising campaign along with, we'll have some special events and some social media engagement, a couple Instagram lives perhaps. So there'll be some fun um, engagement pieces to, to kind of participate with us in, in live uh, fashion, if you will. But really, you know, we're trying to raise some money to get us through the end of the year. Uh, we are a startup nonprofit. A lot of times people think of startups as being businesses, but nonprofits face the same challenges as uh, as any startup. So hoping to raise uh, just some money to, to, you know, bridge the gap through the end of the year. And then, of course, for 2022, we have some ambitious fundraising goals. Um, but that being said, we do have our pilot program ready to go for 2022. Uh, We just have to raise the money to get there. But the pilot projects are purposefully in two very different parts of Greece. uh, And they're outside of Athens. So one is in a region called Vorida, which if you don't know where it is, you're not alone. Most Greeks don't know where it is when I tell them. It's uh, in the mountains in a very rural group of villages. It's about an hour to an hour and a half north of uh, Nafpaktos, if you know where that is, not too far from Patra. And um, one of our advisors, he's from this area and he actually knows the community quite well. And the leaders there, the, the kind of leadership among this group of villages has been trying to put in place and execute a set of trails, a trail network to connect the villages and create a sustainable tourism model for this very rural region. So some of you, maybe you saw the movie Beckett. There's a new movie Beckett out. It took place in in, uh, the uh, Zagori region. And that part of Greece is famous for this, right? Connecting the villages uh, in hiking paths and kind of encouraging tourists to come there and experience nature and hike between the villages. It's a very different Greek experience than going to the islands. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these group of villages are seeing it in some other parts of Greece, happening very small scale, of course, right? It's, it, it's certainly not Mykonos yet. Um, mm-hmm. and, and they're trying to think about how they can build something to bring some, some, you know, start some sort of economy in the region, but again, with sustainability at its core. So luckily this community already has so much of what they want to do in place and they have the buy-in and they have the plan. They just don't have the resources or the manpower to do it. Uh, So this is where we come in and this is very much in the spirit of AmeriCorps. And also we haven't really mentioned there's another program like AmeriCorps in France, but same idea where we are meeting a need, right? We're not coming in and trying to create work. This is something that the community is trying to do. And so we're going to recruit young people from all over Greece to come and spend uh, 10 weeks in this region with us 
helping build the trails, but also helping to work with the community on this sustainable tourism plan. And they will get training and professional development from us. So it's part of our model to include two weeks of training and have at least one day a week be dedicated to professional development, um, if not two. So, so that's one project. And the other one is in Hanya, in Kriti. Very different. Everybody knows where that is. Exactly. That's where my mom is from. My mom is that, from Hanya. Is she there oh, now? Yeah. My, mom, my mom has passed, but she was born, oh, born and raised in Hanya. Yeah. It's such a charming, lovely place. Erica and I would have no problem starting our <laughs> commune there. We, a joke, all sort of joke, but also serious. Uh, <laughs> so this project looks completely different. It's working with the municipality there. We have a strong connection with the mayor's office, thanks to one of our team members, Stefanos, who I mentioned. And um, we're going to be testing kind of an after-school enrichment program there. So also very similar to AmeriCorps and UNICETE in France, they work with kids often in after-school settings. Um, so what we're hoping to do is recruit and train young people, just like in Dorida, but have them work with young kids, like 10, 11, 12 years old, hmm. on civic engagement and sustainability projects in Hanya. Wow. Uh, so one is education-focused, one is ecotourism. One thing I'll, I just want to make clear, we are not an education or ecotourism organization. Over time, the big, big vision is for us to be doing all kinds of programs, right? Disaster relief and preparedness, uh, working, you know, helping other nonprofits that are working on different projects all across Greece, right? We want to be able to meet the need of communities and organizations uh, that, that know their needs better than us, right? We don't want to come in and replicate work. We don't want to come in and duplicate efforts or be competitors. We want to uplift the space holistically and help, again, just with, with national sustainability initiatives, right? Uh, but at the local level. So that's my spiel. Erica, what did I miss? What would you add? You didn't miss, you didn't miss anything. I'm just going to zoom out very quickly. So back in 2020, Leah and me met, um, put together an amazing team in the course of 2020. In the summer, continued working. This summer into 2021, this summer we finally met all together. In the meantime, we had created all of the groundwork for these two pilot programs that Leah mentioned. But just this summer, as the team came together for the first time, we finished all the paperwork and steps needed to be established as a, as a non-profit in Greece. Okay. So that's a major milestone that we um, uh, just achieved. And now as, with this as a starting point, we're launching into our um, pilot here. Uh, just taking an eagle eye uh, view here to say that it's very important to us, as Leah mentioned, to test the programming that Tikoyenia has in different contexts, see what works, what doesn't, mm -hmm. see how we can best service communities that will work with us in the future or that we will work with in the future. Um, we have different scenarios we're running in each of the pilot programs. Uh, and it's really important for us to take the time to study well what it is that we're putting forward. Um, and I think after that pilot year, the impact um, assessment for us and the capturing of what worked and what didn't work and that continuous dialogue that we have with partner organizations and, and, and communities, um, we launch us into um, Ikoyenia's actual 
live implementation phase, let's say so, right? So after we pilot for um, for uh, um, for some time, we'll then be ready to confidently say we have proof of concept from the US, we have proof of concept from France, now we also have proof of concept for Greece. And uh, with that in mind, uh, we're going to be aspiring and working towards becoming a nationally recognized paid civic service program, uh, which is the long, again, the, the, the long midterm goal. Yeah. Uh, the long term is, is that cultural shift that we, that we touched upon. But I think, yeah, the midterm goal is to be recognized as a national program, um, which facilitates that uh, scale, scaling up of Ecoyenia, right? Of Ecoyenia's programming um, in, a, in, an accelerated, in an accelerated way. Uh, so that's where we're going. I gave you immediate and long-term uh, goals. I, I hope I hope that uh, that covers. I, I'm 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 so just overwhelmed and impressed by by you guys as a group and by what you set out to do. Um, you seem absolutely perfect to do this work. Uh, you guys seem like you're such a good match together, but you individually. I could just sense that, you know, I've been around the block a few times. Like I said, I'm, I'm this old guy that's been in Fortune 500 companies, startup scenarios. Foti and I have seen a lot. And we're going to tell you that you guys, you're doing, you're doing amazing things. And, and it's not just that you're talking about amazing things. It's you already have it planned out. You already kind of have an understanding of things. You already know that you have to, you know, do some stuff wrong. You have to do some stuff right. You have to learn from it. It's all, it's all such a beautiful package here in, in, in Ecoyenia. And, and I'm just, I'm very happy that you guys um, are doing this. And I'm, I'm so happy that you guys have joined us to, to talk about, you know, uh, what you're doing and what the future is. Foti, give us something. Yeah. You know, I um, just listening to um, everything between Leah and Erica and just looking back how we actually connected with the both of you. Because as we were on our own journey of developing awareness through all of our platforms, we said, this is such a great fit. This is finally, um, we came across two individuals who kicked off an amazing uh, organization. Your initiatives are right up our alley. And we want our audience to know exactly what you're doing because it's so important that we feel responsible that we need to bring you to the to our platform because it's such um, as I had mentioned how important and stressing every day that um, you know you know we keep overlooking you know we talk about the fact that you know you mentioned how it's not being discussed as often and it should be and, and we want our platforms to be the voice of what you're doing. Yeah, you get you guys you guys officially will always have a platform with us. We do not want this to be the last time we speak. We want to be in constant communication help in any way we can help you guys reach your goal and in helping you reach your goal you help us reach our goal because what you're doing is what our our goal is is the same it's something very necessary something very important something everybody should know about and this is just the 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 first step in 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 our two groups coming together for that and we hope that you guys just continue please continue what you're doing Never take any, um, never, never let it get too much for you because you do have a lot of work. You do have an extremely like difficult journey, <laughs> but 
is it worth doing if it's not difficult? Is it worth doing if it's not that important? Nothing important is easy. You guys, uh, I'm so happy that you guys were able to join us for, for this, but this isn't going to be the only thing. I mean, we have a donation platform where we're going to jump in and try to help them raise some money. We have, you know, videos and podcasts and apps. And, you know, I am even willing to go so far as when you guys are ready to discuss an app, I will volunteer my services for you guys. It's that important to me. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's something that I already see a future. And if we can add to that, Ari, too, is that um, for those that are uh, watching this part of the segment, you know, you know, stay, obviously stay connected with us because we will be launching a series of uh, virtual workshops, webinars. Um, we'll constantly um, provide any information that's being updated by Ecoyenia on our platform. So we'll constantly stay connected. And fundraising. Uh, let's just always have fundraising in the background. Uh, you know, now I'm going to sound like PBS where we're just going to be like, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's true. It's the most important things require money. And you know, I am the worst salesperson because I hate like talking about it, but it is what it is. The, the, the beast is that you need money to do things. You cannot do things without money. I know that, you know, that everybody knows that. So the, the fundraising is going to be there. We're going to jump in wherever we can. They're doing what they're doing. So please, if you're out there, if you care, which you absolutely must care, if you're out there, whatever it is, you need to, to jump in and, and, and help this organization. It's an important organization. Them training these young kids, teaching them you know, civic duty and, and what's coming in the future. There's nothing more important. And we, we just, we appreciate your time and we appreciate your efforts in everything you do. Um, let me just let you guys say uh, anything you, you'd like to wrap up with and then uh, we'll take it out from here. Yeah, Leah, I'll, I'll just, like yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll start. Thank you guys. We were so thrilled to be a part of this because we, we so appreciate the space that you occupy because it's a connector. Right. It's not just one platform, it's several. And and the way that you're making connections through the Greek culture and the diaspora, it's amazing. It's it's not just cooking or it's not just this. It's it's you're you're having this holistic view. And we're so happy to be, you know, launching our Yes Week fundraising campaign on your donate uh platform. It's amazing that it's a Greek platform supporting <laughs> Greeks. I mean, I couldn't believe that such a thing existed. So we're thrilled to be featured there and uh, would definitely love anybody listening to support. You can also go to ecoyenia.org, E-C-O-G-E-N-I-A.org uh, and, and check out our work there and connect with us there. We are definitely looking for ambassadors in the States to help us think creatively about fundraising, uh, reaching the diaspora, pro bono support. One of you mentioned, I mean, mentorship. We, you know, we are definitely open to connecting and the Greeks have really showed up for us in that way. So if this is resonating with anybody listening and they, and they want to connect with us, please reach out. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Um, and I'll, I will just leave you and then, and then I'll let Erica uh, kick it over because we are talking about yes week and and just the connection between the greeks and the states and this diaspora and and the the mentality of resiliency right there's this famous there's famous fdr and churchill quotes that come out of kind of this uh day but one that i'll just read to you because i feel like it can be flipped so easily for the climate change narrative you know fdr said when the entire world had lost all hope 
the Greek people dared to question the invincibility of the German monster, raising against it the proud spirit of freedom. So obviously that's historical. We're not talking about the Germans. But if you put the same quote and you apply it to climate change, and the Greek people stood in resiliency proactively, right, saying yes to climate action, saying yes to activating youth, you know, it's a really, really powerful way of, of rethinking history, right, and thinking about how we can apply that same spirit now to the monster that is climate change, right, and giving people hope. Uh, so that, that's, that's where I'll end, but I'll, I'll let Erica chime in here as well. Um, thank you, Leah, and I, I, I just want to say thank you to, to you, Foti and Ari, for really giving us this platform. Um, it's very humbling uh, to, to us to hear you, you know, uh, offer your support so generously. Um, and as Leah said, I think the space you guys occupy is a very important one. Um, again, as the, um, uh, as the Greek, the only Greek, sole Greek person here, <laughs> without, the, without the American connection. There's no I dash think, for you. Just Greek. <laughs> dash for me. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I think it's very important. You guys bring the best of both worlds. Uh, and I think for me, it's very important to have, uh, to be offered this space to, to, to present Ikogenia's work, because I think it's exactly what we're trying to do. Draw on the, on the American spirit of solutions oriented and action oriented, um, community engagement, uh, bridge it with the Greek generosity, the Greek philotimo, and all these concepts that we've been brought up with and convert it into um, actionable vision, right? An actionable vision for what Greece can look like with our contribution um, a few years down the line. So really, thank you guys. And, and I think, again, to, to, to your audience and to everyone listening in and watching us today, um, Leah knows that I'm not very comfortable with fundraising because, again, that's something Greeks do uh, openly and ask for. Money is a touchy subject, I think, always. Um, but as you said, Ari, I think the work uh, makes me very, feel more and more comfortable asking for it. Because as you said, we're putting, from our end, we're putting in the hours and the, and the woman power, uh, if you'd like, into, into making this work. If everyone could, you know, put in, chip in a couple dollars or, or more, um, I think we can we can make something great. So thank you all, and thank you all in advance uh, in your audience for 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 the donation to this important campaign. Yes, and and uh, Fati, let, let, I was just going to say real quickly, and you can you can uh, sign it out, Ari. I just wanted to thank the both of you uh, for your time. Uh, thank you for not just being uh, our hosts and interviewing here on our podcast, but also thank you for what you're doing. That's bottom line. Thank you. Very well put. Very well put. Guys, thank you so much again. Leah, Erica, Ikogenia. I'm going to have all of the contact information, links throughout the podcast, the videos, the apps, everywhere you could imagine. The next newsletter is going to feature them. Um, this isn't the last time you're going to hear from them. We're going to do, like we said, workshops, fundraisers. We're good at fundraising. Uh, so we, we have to put our, our efforts in for this as well. So stay tuned for all of that. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Share this video or podcast or however you're watching and listening. Share it with everybody you can. 
get the word out there. This is an extremely important thing. This is something everybody needs to be part of. It, it, I don't want to, again, we talked about Debbie Downer, but I'm, I'm going to be a Debbie Downer for a second. This is absolutely imperative. There is no, eh, I feel like, eh, I don't feel like it. You have to. It, it, it's a necessity. You must help in, in every way you can. And they are doing a lot of work to get this word out. They are doing a lot of work to help the situation that we're all frightened of. We're all like worried about. We're all stressed about. They're actually executing. So please support them. Support what they're doing. Stay tuned for them on their platform. Stay tuned for them on our platform. They'll be back. We're going to do a lot of stuff together. The donation uh, campaign is going to be launched soon. We're going to share all this stuff all over the place. Thank you so much, Leah. Thank you so much, Erica. Foti, as always. And this old guy thanks you so many times. Everybody out there, we'll see you next time. Stay safe, be well, and keep in mind that this is one of the most important things that we're ever going to do. Climate change, sustainability, getting the youth involved. Thank you so much. And we'll see you guys. Bye-bye. Yes, us. Yes, us. Yes, us.